Hello, my name is Luke, and I have the great honor of reading God's Word with you guys. We're going to be turning to Psalm 25, reading verses 1 through 10. O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced, or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saved me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness to all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Luke, for the reading of the word. Worship team, thank you for leading us uh, this morning. Good morning, everybody. You can have a seat. Uh, My name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors here at the Hope Collective. So glad that we get to spend this time uh, together. If you're joining us on campus, welcome. If you're joining us online, welcome to you as well. And happy Independence Day. Yes, uh, whatever you call it, Independence Day, 4th of July, America's birthday. Uh, I hope that you get a chance to celebrate today or had a chance to celebrate yesterday. My family and I uh, went to the Wakanda fireworks last night. Who was there? Okay, us and the rest of Lake County, apparently, uh, based on the traffic. Uh, But it was awesome. My favorite part of the fireworks last night uh, was the finale, and not because of the fireworks themselves, uh, but because we've been waiting for this moment for two years. Last year, we didn't get to do this. The year before that, we just have all this pent-up excitement. And so the finale of the fireworks started, and there was just a buzz at Cook Memorial Park as people just started cheering, and the fireworks are going off. And in that moment, one of my children, who could no longer keep their pent-up excitement in, just screamed at the top of their lungs, America! Well worth the price of admission. So uh, I hope that you had a chance to celebrate or get a chance to celebrate because today is worth celebrating. Uh, The country that we live in is not perfect. And we have a perfect God who has placed us in this country to pray and work for the common good. And so we celebrate what we can, we challenge what we must, and we do all things in love. So happy Independence Day. So today, uh, there's lots that we could talk about that's related to this holiday, lots of things that we're not going to talk about, but there is a question that I'd like for us to consider together as we look to scripture in the life of Jesus. And the question is this, what does it look like to live dependent in a culture that celebrates independence? What does it look like to live dependent in a culture that celebrates independence? So if you are just joining us or you missed last week, we are starting a brand new message series called Copy Paste, where we're talking about what does it look like for us to look at the life of Jesus and see the things that are true of him become true of us. 
Let's look at the ways that he thought and acted and felt and desired, and let's see those things be true of us as well, copying the life of Jesus and pasting it into our own lives, which is another way of talking about discipleship. What does it look like to learn from Jesus how to live like Jesus? And last week, our lead pastor, Dave, kicked off this conversation with this question of allegiance. Where does our loyalty lie? Because if it lies with ourselves or anything other than God, none of this makes sense. And so first and foremost, we have to ask the question, who will we be loyal to? Will we be loyal to God or will we be loyal to anything else and actually find lesser life than the life that God intends for us? And he ended the message with this line, we are either living in dependence on God or we are living in idolatry. We are either looking to God to give us the things that he promises to give us or we're looking for those things somewhere else and those things will never be able to provide us with the things that only God can provide. So the question that we're left with is what does it look like to live dependent in a culture that celebrates independence. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to look at what our culture says about independence. We're gonna look at what Jesus modeled when it comes to dependence, and then talk about what it looks like for us to live that out. Sound good? All right. So we're gonna start by talking about what our culture says about independence. On this day in 1776, the Second Continental Congress gathered in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and penned these words at the end of the Declaration of Independence. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds really important. <laughs> We do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and decree that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states. That they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states, they have the full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So ended the Declaration of Independence, and so began a nation founded on the ideals that all people are created equal and given certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This moment in American history of independence led to the creation of independence as a value within American culture. The Revolutionary War shortly gave way to westward expansion, where pioneers moved westward across the United States, lured by this idea of what's been called the myth of the American frontier. Historian Richard Slotskin of Wesleyan University, he defines it as this belief that America was a wide open land of unlimited opportunity, where the strong, the ambitious and the self-reliant individual could thrust their way to the top. All you needed were sharp wits and a sharper ax. 
the American frontier led to this westward expansion across the nation, which eventually gave way to the American Industrial Revolution, where immigrants from all over the world streamed to America, lured by this promise of the American dream, that happiness and security and blessing were available to anyone who was willing to put in the hard work. This idea and this value of independence and not having to rely on anyone else began to be a staple of how America thought about the good life. It eventually led to this idea of the self-made man, the person who went from nothing to everything sheerly on the basis of their own will and work, asserting themselves against anything else without the benefit of a good fortune, a good family, education, or any of the things that would be seeming to be steps up the social ladder. These self-made people became heroes in American culture. These rags-to-riches stories of men and women who made it on their own without the help of anyone else. And we could call this trend within American history the independence ideal. The idea that the good life was a life that was lived not having to rely on anyone else. And we continue to see this independence ideal manifest itself in our culture today. We still, in our books, in our movies, in our celebrity culture, we see these people who go from nothing to everything just based on their own will and talent without the benefit of anything else. We see it show up even in the modern homesteading movement where heaven is a self subsiding farm lived away from anyone else in the middle of nowhere with zero neighbors without having to rely on anything. Off the grid, away from others, we get to do it ourselves. We see this idea of independence continue to crop up in our society as this ideal life. But there's two problems with this vision of a completely independent existence. The first is that it doesn't exist. Everyone relies on someone for something that they cannot do or get for themselves. The second problem with this idea is that it's unbiblical. We don't see it in the life and teachings of Jesus, so it is both non-existent and unbiblical. Thank you for coming to church today. See you later. Like, but, but when you stop and think about it, this idea of a completely independent existence lived without having to rely on God or anyone else makes no sense. Even when we look in American history, we see these shining moments of independence are really dependence masquerading as something we did ourselves. The Revolutionary War would have turned out very differently without the funds and troops and ideals and military leadership of France. The westward expansion of the United States only took place at great cost to indigenous people groups. And the American dream continues to leave this complicated legacy of being a reality for some, but just out of reach for so many others. Those are examples from history, but even when we look at our own lives, we think of ourselves typically as pretty independent people, but we depended on so many things already today. How many of you depended on a person or a device to get you out of bed this morning? How many of you depended on a vehicle built by someone else somewhere else, taking care of a mechanic in a garage somewhere else to get here this morning? You're depending on a live stream service to make sure that this gets to you that's maintained by people we've never met. Even a simple cup of coffee is a story of dependence. America, not caffeine dependence, that's another conversation. 
I, see, I heard some amens over here, and I'm like, we're going to talk over here later. No, but even a simple cup of coffee, America is the largest consumer of coffee in the world, and yet coffee is not grown in the continental United States. The coffee that we enjoyed here this morning, before it got into your cup, had to be brewed by one of our volunteers. Before that, it was ground by one of our volunteers. Before that, it was shipped here from a place where it had been roasted because it was imported from somewhere in Colombia where that coffee was washed, harvested, grown. Hundreds of people in this supply chain, people that we've never met but have unconsciously relied on to give us a simple cup of coffee. Independence, true independence, full independence, is an illusion. It's a mirage. We think it exists, but it doesn't. And yet it has become such an ideal within American culture that the good life is a life that's lived completely independent of God and others. And our culture tells us that we need to be independent. We should be independent. But when we look in the life of teaching in Jesus, we see something very different, something shocking. For some, embarrassing. But if we're willing to take the time, something actually relieving. And so what our culture says about independence needs to be compared to the life and teaching of Jesus and what he says about dependence. And when we read the Gospels, especially the Gospel of Luke, what we see is a shockingly dependent son of God. In Luke 2, Jesus is born and he has a mom and a dad that have the responsibility of raising him taking care of him, teaching him and training him what it means to be human. In Luke 3, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John. I'm pretty sure if anyone could have baptized themselves, it was probably Jesus. And yet he relies on John to baptism and said that it's important because it fulfills all righteousness. In the beginning of Luke 5, Jesus calls his first disciples, 12 people who will help him carry out his ministry, and actually keep the ministry going after he leaves. In Luke 5.16, it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray, going to the Father for wisdom, for guidance, and for strength, for the work that he had been called to do. In Luke 8.1-3, it tells us about the women who supported Jesus and his disciples out of their own means. These women that traveled with Jesus in order to support him out of their own pockets, relying on them. Luke 10, 2. Jesus has this very interesting moment where he tells his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to bring more workers. There was more work in Jesus's time than he himself was able to complete. And he asked his disciples to pray and ask for more workers to do the work that was available to do. Even after the resurrection... The news of Jesus' new life is trusted to the women that followed him in order to bring that back to the disciples. He relies on them to be the first ones to bring the message to his disciples. And after he appears to them, he commissions them and says, you are the ones who will bring this good news to the world. To this day, there's a degree to which Jesus has invited and is relying on his people to be part of the work that he is doing We have a surprisingly dependent son of God modeled for us in the life of Jesus. But not only that, when Jesus talks about dependence, he talks about it in a way that is free from shame and actually would invite us into deeper levels of security. And so when we go to Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, 
Jesus is talking about this idea of worry, and the flip side of worry is really this question of dependence. What are you relying on? And he teaches us that no one can serve two masters. This is verse 24. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. They rely on God. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't make, or they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as one of these. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, oh, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen to that, right? When Jesus talks about dependence on God, he doesn't talk about it like something is wrong. He talks about it as something that is natural, something that is deeply human. We see that modeled in his life. We see that modeled in his teaching. And what that should do for us, even as the model of Jesus confuses us because it looks so different than the self-made person that our culture holds up as the ideal life. Jesus didn't live that kind of life. He lived deeply dependent on the Father and on others. It should confuse us a little bit. It should make us curious, and it should also relieve us. Because if it was okay for Jesus to be dependent, maybe it's okay for us to be dependent as well. Because dependence is deeply related to what it means to be human. But too often, we think about dependence and we associate it with weakness. We are dependent only because we cannot be independent. And so we claim kids as dependents on our tax forms until they are dependent and can go out into the wide world as contributing members of society who no longer live in our homes. They are dependent until they can be independent and we stay independent until we can't take care of ourselves anymore. And this burden of independence leads to shame when men and women transition into assisted living or help situations because they can no longer be independent because that's what we're supposed to be, right? We associate dependence with weakness, but if you walk away with anything from this morning, this is what I want you to walk away from. Dependence is not an act of weakness. Dependence is an act of worship. Dependence is not an act of weakness. Dependence is an act of worship, because when we depend on God and on others, it is a confession that we are not God. It says that we are finite, that we are limited, 
that we do not have the capacity to give ourselves everything that we need, that we actually have to look outside of ourselves for something that is crucial for us to live and grow and be well, that the good life is actually a life that's lived in dependence because, not independent, but in, preposition, a state of dependence. (laughs) God designed us to live dependently on him and on others. And so dependence is not an act of weakness, it is an act of worship because it is a confession that we are not God and it is choosing to live as God designed us to live. And if that was okay in the life of Jesus, then maybe it's okay for us too. And so what Jesus models in his teaching and in the life that he lived about dependence cuts against the grain of the independence ideal that has been given to us in our culture. And so how do we actually live that out? How do we live dependent in a culture that celebrates independence? And to be clear, independence in and of itself is not a bad thing. There are independences that are worth celebrating. The independence of our country is worth celebrating. The independence of a child who's learning to make their way in the world, that's worth celebrating. The center of independence that meets here is doing good work with kids with disabilities, teaching them how to live more independent lives. Independence in and of itself is not a bad thing, but it's not a short distance for the idea of independence to become an idol of independence. And we look to independence and living independent lives to give us something that only God can give us, that sense of meaning and worth and value and security that actually only comes by living dependently on God. And so what does it look like for us to live dependent in a culture that celebrates independence? The first thing is to practice gratitude. This may seem like something simple and something that you hear in society today is be grateful, be gratitude, but there's a lot of truth here because to acknowledge gratitude is to acknowledge that you had help along the way, that there was something outside of yourself or someone that contributed to where you are today. Because to overemphasize our independence will eventually leave us feeling alone and helpless and separated from people and shortchange our ability to be appreciative because we did it on our own. We made it ourselves. My wife and I, uh, we recently finished a series on Netflix called Alone. And for those of you that are familiar with this show, it's, it's a survivor contestant type show where you have 10 people who are, basically the challenge is you have to go 100 days without interaction with another person, 100 days alone, and you're playing for a million dollars. And some of you are like, I would not do that for a million dollars. And some of you are like, I would actually pay money to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I would give you a million dollars. That sounds like my best life now. That's what that sounds like. There's a catch, though. You're also dropped in the middle of the Canadian wilderness. You have 10 survival items, and you have to hunt your own food, and you have to build your own cabin, and you have to survive from October to December alone in the Canadian Arctic. Very few people make it. The challenge is to do it on your own. This is about as independent as you can get. And the people that don't tap out because they get sick or get hurt or because the emotional burden of being alone is actually way more heavy than they anticipated it being, the people that don't tap out always have this very interesting moment where they find themselves in need, where it's been days, maybe a week or more since they've had food. And so they finally 
catch a fish or hunt an animal or get something in a trap, and the first words out of their mouths, it's fascinating, the first words out of their mouths are thank you. They're alone. They're in the middle of nowhere. But they're expressing gratitude because there's something deeply human about being dependent, and we know it. And so to express this gratitude in a moment of need is actually the most natural thing about being human, is to have something outside of yourself taking care of you. And overemphasizing our independence shortchanges our ability to be gracious and grateful and appreciate those who have contributed to where we are today. And so it is actually a deeply human practice to practice gratitude. And so even today, as we are celebrating our independence, I'd encourage you, even this afternoon, take some time to celebrate your dependence, that the people who have helped you get to where you are today, the people who are helping you get through the times that you're in right now, just take a moment to tell them thank you for being part of caring for you, because you have a good Father in heaven who has put those people in your lives. Because James 1.17 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. They are a gift of God to you so that you can be taken care of. So even as we are celebrating our independence, practice gratitude today. The second thing, and it's really 2A and 2B, is to ask without apology and help without judgment. Two sides of the same coin. Being dependent is not being an inconvenience. Being dependent is being human. And so many of us have a hard time asking for help because there's such this narrative in our heads that tells us that we are supposed to be independent. We're supposed to be able to do it on our own. We're supposed to be able to rely on ourselves. And even in the moment we go to make the call, we don't want to be a burden. We don't want to be an inconvenience. We don't want to. God designed us to live dependently on him and on others. Don't expect yourself to be God because you're not. Embrace your humanity, which is actually a good thing. And don't be afraid to reach out because God gave you those people so that you could rely on them. And the flip side of that, asking without apology, is helping without judgment. When other people need help, it's not because they're broken. It's because they're human. And this independence ideal would tell us that we made it on our own and they should be able to also. But when someone asks for help, we're able to say yes because me too. I need help too. We rely on each other. Now, there's a whole other conversation we could have about codependence, but we're not going to talk about that. For most of us in this room, <laughs> ask without apology and help without judgment. Finally, this week, trace your disappointments. Because if you want to find your idols, follow your disappointments. Because the things that, you let, that let you down are the things you were looking to to build you up. And so maybe, just maybe, when there is a moment in your week where you feel disappointed and you take the time to ask why, what you'll discover is that you are relying on that thing to give you something that only God can provide. A sense of security, a sense of purpose, a sense of identity, a sense of worth. And when you experience that disappointment, it is actually an invitation to depend more on God. And in doing that, actually please the Father because he created us to depend on him. He wants us to depend on him. And when we do that, we are living the blessed life 
that he invites us into, that he modeled in Jesus, because dependence is not weakness. It is an act of worship. And so this week, let's practice gratitude. Let's not be afraid to ask for help. Let's ask without apology, and let's help without judgment. And let's take time in those hard moments this week to trace our disappointments, because in those moments, what we might find is a deeper invitation into a relationship with God. And so what I would love to do for us today before Renee comes up and shares some announcements is I'd love to pray uh, Psalm 25, 1 to 10 over us, which is really a prayer of dependence. Uh, we shared it earlier this morning, but I'd love to pray that over us and then dismiss if we could do that. Or announcements after that. Psalm 25, 1 to 10. A prayer of dependence. O oh Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O oh Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me, and all day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O oh Lord, your compassion and unfailing love which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O oh Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness. All who keep his covenant and obey his demands. God, we pray this prayer with your people over the long centuries of your relationship with humanity to say we need you. You have created us to depend on you, and so today we confess our dependence. And we know that you are trustworthy. And so as we go about our day and about this next week, help us to find those places where we have been able to rely on you and others and help us to practice gratitude and say thank you because these are gifts that you've given us. Help us not to be afraid to ask for help and not afraid to show it. And when those moments of disappointments come up this week, God, I pray that you would help us to find an opportunity to rely more on you and less on ourselves and on the things of this world. May we be like Jesus in our dependence on you and on one another. We love you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody.